This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Off scripts, extra time, back live with you on Dubai 103.8. It is myself, Chris McCarty, and Robbie Greenfield. We were talking before the break about Project Restart and the possibility of a TV bonanza for fans of the English Premier League if and when the season starts up again next month. Yeah, and one man who will most certainly be having his say on that... Well, that is Manchester City CEO Ferran Soriano. The Spaniard is the focus of our Into the Locker feature tonight, as Chris, you caught up with him at the Globe Soccer Awards towards the back end of last year. Yeah, I certainly did, Rob. I shared a stage with the former FC Barcelona vice president, and I've said this before on this show, and I'll say it again. He is a very, very impressive individual. He knows the sport inside and out. He articulates his vision, his footballing philosophy very, very well. And I will tell you as well, he did have a little tete-a-tete with Fabio Capello. There was a difference of opinions when it comes to footballing philosophy. Capello very much a pragmatist. Mm. Ferran Soriano very much in the Pep Guardiola. A visionary. A visionary, essentially. Yeah, that's it. And I guess for all the kind of prominence of Pep Guardiola behind the scenes, Ferran is just as important to the Manchester City cause, not just Man City, but the City Football Group, because since joining the club in 2012, as you say, Chris, he's become a key figure in really helping that vision take flight. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you mentioned the City Football Group there, Rob. That's an entity that has been revolutionary in a lot of ways in football. It's accrued no fewer than nine clubs from all around the world in its portfolio. That is allowing City not only to gain a bigger presence in different parts of the globe, they're investing in grassroots, they are spreading the City way gospel is what they're doing. Looking at that stable itself, you've got Man City as the flagship, you've got New York City over in the east, on the east coast of the US, Melbourne City, Girona in Spain, Mumbai City really cornering the Indian market, newly acquired Lommel of course, that was a new story that broke a a week or so ago, that's in Belgium, as well as clubs in Uruguay, Japan and China, so a lot of these emerging markets, they're getting in there early to make sure that they kind of stamp their authority on on the transfer activity and the recruitment of young talent. Yeah, we talk, I hate to do this, but we talk of football clubs as being brands and and that is what the the City Football Group are looking to do. They're looking to strengthen, ultimately, the brand of Manchester City around the globe. And that is, in actual fact, a great place to pick up this conversation with Ferran because I wanted him to explain the thinking behind the vision for City Football Group and what the plan was looking like moving forward. Well, you, you see football growing everywhere. There are dimensions of football that sometimes we don't think about. But if you ask yourself, who is a football fan in the world? The, the numbers are one on every two person. So it means that if you think about in 10 years, will be 8 billion people. That means 4 billion football fans. No other sports comes near this. Nowhere near. Global and, and with such a following. So it is only natural that football will develop in India, in China, in Malaysia, in Indonesia. And as the same coaching techniques and the same management techniques are spread it around the world, these regions will grow. What's the end game? Is it money ultimately or is it about finding and unearthing talent for Manchester City? Or is it a bit of both? Well, obviously, football is also a business, right? So our mission is to deliver to football fans around the world beautiful football, good football. To do that, you need money, yeah. right? You need money to capture the best talent and develop it. And that, for that, you need to be commercial. So it goes, all is in the same, it's like a virtual cycle. 
you get the money, you invest in coaches and players, and you get better players and better coaches that generate more money. So it is a it is a, a, a great global opportunity. What are the accelerators of that? Obviously, one of them would be players from India, or China, or any big country being successful in Europe. Still, yeah. Euro- European football is number number one. So, imagine one. Indian player playing in Manchester City would change Indian football forever. Chechi, I want to come back to him because it stuck with me. You said it at this very event two years ago. He's an important part of Manchester City. Give us an insight. Is he an important part of City football group across the board or is his main mission only Man City? His mission is Manchester City only. Ah. There is another person by the name of Brian Marwood who is the... A global football director is the one that coordinates all the football directors in the group and his mission is to coordinate the football directors of each team and give them guidance and help them in their in their uh, work obviously every team has its football director and they focus on their team but we have a sense of the group and we have a sense of the way we want to play football that is the same in all our teams Let's get back to Man City, and I promise I won't keep you too much longer, Ferran. Mikel Arteta, a man that I know Pep has spoken at length. I've had the, the pleasure of listening to Pep talk up Mikel's credentials, has left the football club. Do you feel that he will be a successor at Arsenal, and how big a loss is he to your club? Uh, yes, I, I hope he'll be, he'll be uh, successful. He's been with us, and he has contributed uh, within Pep's team, and he's also learned a lot from, from Pep, and I think this might be the logical... Uh, development stage in uh, his career to eventually be a top manager in the future and um, obviously like all good people we, we didn't we don't want our good people to go but if it's good for them we're we're, we're, we're happy for them you're a lot of points behind Liverpool in the title race Champions League I guess takes on that much more greater importance how important is it for City's growth as a club worldwide that you finally win the Champions League for the owners down in Abu Dhabi as well how much onus have they put on winning the biggest prize in European football it's very important to say that we're not and we'll never be obsessed about this because as you know the Champions League is only partially about playing very well yeah. it's also about a bit of luck yeah. right? so you look at last, last year I think we didn't go to the quarter final or the semi-final sorry because of a because of referee mistake Um and you see the semi-final between Tottenham and, and Ajax, it went to the last minute. Crazy. So you can't rely all your strategy and work on this because you might be unlucky for 10 years, right? So, of course, in the next decade, I think for Manchester City to win once the Champions League will be important. But will it be this season or next season or the following? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter because we cannot focus only on this. We have to focus on playing good football every day, every week. And by playing good football, one day we'll get to the Champions League final. It's also very important to say that you kind of mentioning choosing among competitions. That is impossible, right? So if you lose your interest in one competition and you're less intense, you cannot change this from... Sunday to Wednesday. It doesn't work like this. You cannot be playing on Sunday with less intensity and then on Wednesday, because of the Champions League, I'm going to change gears. It doesn't work like that. And it happens often with teams that have very easy run in the domestic league and then they try to go to the Champions League and and 
play at a, at a, at a higher gear, you can, right? So for us, we need to play now for every game. Even though the Premier League is very difficult, it doesn't matter. We need to try to win every game. The Manchester City way is well far, and it was interesting listening to Fabio Capello talking about Liverpool and that they have this style which is go forward and it's very much direct. It's fast, attacking football, but it's direct. And, and you said, well, hold on a second, Fabio. The youth of today teaching our philosophy, Pep's way of playing, it is the best way to play. Kevin De Bruyne has gone on record as saying as well that he has improved mentally. You wouldn't believe how, imp- he, how much he's improved as a footballer working under Pep. Give us your own kind of breakdown, if you will, your own explanation of the Pep way. What does it demand of individuals? So, first of all, it's, it's, you have to make the difference between the style of football that you need to develop players... Yes. and to win, right? So you might decide that to win one game, you're going to change some styles of execution or whatever. But to teach kids the way we do it, the typical 4-3-3, trying to keep the possession of the ball, is the system that allows you to see the talent, allows kids to develop the talent, because it's not based on physical strength, it's based on talent and intelligence, yeah. right? So this is what we do everywhere. Now, this system requires a lot of intensity. So if you see our teams playing, they fight very hard to recover the ball. You cannot sit in the back and give the ball to the opponent, right? And that means concentration, physical strength and speed. And that is challenging because one is not executed perfectly because it leaves a lot of space in the back. It gets you into trouble. Right? So if you want to play with five in the back, you can be a bit more relaxed because you're, you're actually giving yourself a lot of leeway. You have the players are together, they're in the back, and you, know, you make a mistake, uh, a, col- a teammate is going to help you. If you're playing with a high defensive line, giving, giving yards behind you, yeah. if you make one mistake, nobody's going to help you. That means you need to be very much focused. It requires more from the players. Great insight there into the City way from one of its main men, Ferran Soriano, all or nothing on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's a great show that. It it really is. And and we see insight. That's more on the the Manchester City uh, viewpoint. Pep Guardiola, I don't know if anyone's watched it. I know many people have. It's been out now for over a year. I actually watched it again very recently. And maybe a little bit. The accusation is a little bit puffy. It's a little bit of a puff piece for Man City. But nonetheless, there is genuine insight. And I think the, the thing that I took away more than anything else is they have got the the right people proper people in roles to really move the club not just on the field and Pep's the master at that it's off the field Rob that's where I think they are the envy of the majority of football clubs around the world they are doing so much right off the field they're investing in grassroots the facility the Etihad campus over there in England is second to none and I think that as speaking as a man you fan a self-confessed one that's what I'm rather well, envious of. I think yeah, there's a lot of short-termism in sport. Yeah. And the temptation would be to come in, you've got a lot of money to spend, let's win trophies now and get success instantly. And they've somehow managed to do that. They've got success having bought the club, what was it, back in 2008? Yeah, it was. I think the acquisition. Yeah. They, they got that success fairly quickly and yet they've had this incredible on-pitch success. Okay, they haven't won the Champions League yet, but they've had a lot of domestic success. And at the same time, simultaneously, they've been building these building blocks for the future whilst having on-pitch. It's very difficult to have both. Yeah, 
absolutely. And you, you heard it there from Ferran when, and, and I do truly believe him. Yes, okay, behind closed doors, there will be a pressure on City to win that first European Cup and add that to the trophy cabinet. But equally, when I, when I talk to Ferran, and I've, I've been very fortunate, I've spoke to him a few times, I do genuinely believe that there isn't that big a pressure. The pressure from Pep and the players comes from within. I truly believe that. I think there is no doubt in my mind that Pep Guardiola's got a job for life there if he wants it. You know, there isn't that saying one thing to the public and in actual fact behind closed doors, Pep, you need to win the European Cup. I don't think that exists. I just think City have put an awful lot of good things in place and it's all very organic. They know they've got the right people, Pep included, in the positions and it's just a consequence now of results on the field as a consequence of all the hard work that's gone on, yes, on the playing staff, but equally what's going on off the pitch as well. Yeah, and there's one thing when you look at the on-pitch performance and the style of play on pitch, but to... But to implement an entire philosophy across every single strand of the football club, when he talks about it in the kind of macro sense, it's impressive to listen to it. It is. And, you know, you can't argue. I mean, they've they've done your due diligence. Nothing's left to chance. As he says, the the population of this planet in the next 10 years, next decade, will be 8 billion. And from their kind of research, 4 billion will be into football. And that is why they are going into areas like China, Japan, India, and they're putting roots down yeah okay it's to push the brand it's also to find talent and bring them ultimately the hope bring them to Manchester City it's weird because there's a slight dichotomy between the clinical nature of that and the very purist nature of what they do on the pitch because Pep he talks about he's very vociferous about how football should be played and there's an artistry to it there's an importance to the stylistic quality of it and yet behind the scenes it's actually quite clinical Mm. it's quite commercial it's quite corporate at the root of it all. Absolutely. Obviously, the, the dollar, the pound, the euro, call it what you will, the Durham in this part of the world, matters. But I think, ultimately, they, they do want to present Manchester City as the only option to young kids around the planet. And by playing good football, by winning trophies, we all know Manchester United are proof of that. It's a new generation of fans. And if City continue to be successful, then, I hate to say it, but in 15, 20 years, young fans around the globe, they're not dreaming of playing for Man United. They're dreaming of playing for Manchester City. Ferran's take on that in just a moment, but what of Pep Guardiola's long-term future at the Etihad Stadium? A lot of has been written yeah. this year about how this could be Pep's last season. Well, prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, Rob, it was mooted in, in actual fact in some quarters. That seems so long ago. Now, Pep was contemplating, that was the, the theory anyway, walking away from City at the end of this season. Because, well, you look at his history, he did four years at Barca, he then took the sabbatical, he did three years at Bayern, and he's coming up to the mm. end of his fourth year at City. So putting, putting two and two together, you can understand why some are spitting out five in this instance. Yeah, I guess the only thing keeping him at City right now is that bid, which yeah. they're still live, of course, if we ever get to finish <laughs> the Champions League this season. They're up in that uh, round of 16 leg, I believe it is, against Real Madrid. Yeah. They're up 2-1 from that opening leg. That is still a live chance this season. City, one of the favourites for that competition, if they can complete yeah, it. Yeah, and I think the other thing to, to bear in mind in all of this as well is that it is truly a club built in Pep's image. And that's important because he has everything that his heart really does desire there. There's no doubt in my mind the owners came in in 2008. Chechi and Ferran joined. They predated Pep. They nest. They built the nest in a lot of ways. They built the vision for Pep. Nothing, as I said a little earlier, has been left to chance. So, well, that was a question that I did put. There was no question that I didn't put to Ferran, and that was one of them. Is Pep committed? Is Ferran confident that uh, Pep Guardiola does remain committed to City in the 
long term? Sure, he has said this many times, and also I can say our commitment. We're committed to yeah. him, so so he'll stay. We'll stay with him, and we're convinced of what he's doing. We're convinced about what we're doing together, and mm. there's no question that we will continue to work together. Just on that though. You uh, strike me as a man and as a football club, there's no doubt Man City, you leave no stone unturned. You can only look at what you're doing, regenerating a part of Manchester. You look at what you've done from a footballing standpoint. You've revolutionised in many respects. You've risen the level. Do you keep an eye, like you would on young players, do you keep an eye on coaches? Are you a database of what young coaches are doing, ideas and whether they fit with the Manchester City mantra? All the time. Yeah. All the time. We, we, we have some interesting stories. Uh, let me give you one. We, we have a team in Australia, in Melbourne. Yeah. So we've learned about Australian football and we got to know the Australia national team manager, which is an Australian man of, of Greek, uh, Greek origin. Yeah, oh, Angie. Angie. Yeah. So we convinced Angie, we saw what he was doing, and we convinced him to go to Japan to manage our team in Japan. And he did very well, and he's won the league. Um, so the, w- the same way that we're looking for talent for uh, players, we're looking for talent for coaching. And we've moved coaches. We had um, a French coach that we had in Japan, now he's in Australia. We've given opportunities to our coaches to develop. So that the same way that, that players move from team to team, maybe Angie's doing very well in Japan, maybe he'll, do, he'll go somewhere else. And, and we'll have a, a stream of coaches growing with, uh, with the group. And do they have to have a way of thinking about the game? Is that something that you tap into? It's very, very simplistic. Either you believe in it or you don't. If you don't believe, you can't work with us. It's almost a religion. If you believe in the way we look at football, you can work with us. If you don't believe it, even if you say you're going to do it and you understand, it's so difficult because you have to have a belief, a real belief. Um, so it, it doesn't mean that there are not many other good um, coaches everywhere, but they, they're just not good for us because we play a specific style of football. Yeah. Insightful stuff there from Ferran Soriano, the CEO of Manchester City Football Group and the City Football Group as well, and a man who's really driving them into some pretty exciting places. Absolutely, and I love that there, the the coach talent identification process, something that isn't discussed an awful lot, Rob, but the fact that Man City, not only have they got a heck of a team looking at young footballing talent, they're looking at coaches as well. We saw recently Ronnie Delia, the former Celtic manager, he's now over in New York with New York City, Ange Postacoglu, former Australia boss, we heard it there, up in Yokohama. I found that incredibly interesting. And, and listen, Man City, they are the envy of many. Yeah, we know they've ran into a little bit of trouble in the last few months. Of course, that's gone to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. They're not happy with what they feel is a witch hunt, this looming two-year European football ban. I expect that to be reduced, in all honesty. I'm speculating wildly, but I think that may be reduced to one year. We wait with interest to see what happens there. But certainly Man City from a footballing standpoint are doing things that uh, an awful lot of clubs are looking at and trying to replicate Manchester United and other big clubs uh, among them. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if and when the action resumes for this Premier League season and indeed the UEFA competitions as well, the Europa League and the Champions League where Manchester City and Ferran Soriano go from here. 
You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.